lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they have committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. Welcome to the Independent Riot Podcast. Your home for free thinkers, independent believers, and radicals questioning the status quo. Our goal is to provide you entertaining, intelligent discussion around all of life's most pressing questions without hidden agendas or ulterior motives. So if you're too good for the bad, too bad for the good, and sick of people trying to convince you to join their preferred pyramid scheme this week, you've found your home. Now here's your host, Jim Duncan. I'm a big fan of people who fight for principles. One man who dedicated his life to principles was Martin Luther King Jr., who you just heard giving the last speech of his life in 1963. As fate would have it, shortly before an assassin's bullet ripped him from this earth, Martin Luther King was actually extolling the importance of those principles known as civil liberties in America. Or, in other words, that part of the Constitution known as the Bill of Rights that talks about your right to free speech, your right to privacy, your right to due process, amongst many others. He was speaking within context, of course, to the 1960s civil rights movement, but his point was not that the current situation was some special circumstance when these rights should be applied, but he was expressing bewilderment that anyone in America could ever think there was any time that civil liberties did not apply in America to every single person, always. Welcome back to the Independent Riot, everybody, where we don't shy away from provocative ideas and concepts, but we use free speech and reason to try and determine what is true and then what to do about it. Today's episode is all about trying to get your mind and soul fired up to fight for civil liberties, no matter who you are or what else you believe in, because the concept of civil liberties isn't a right versus left thing, a white versus black thing, a male versus woman thing. It's an abuse of power versus the people thing. Just like the Founding Fathers originally declared this concept of civil liberties to break us from Great Britain's shackles, Martin Luther King relied on that same Bill of Rights to liberate black Americans from the chains of institutional racism. And if we do not now collectively remember the importance of those same principles over any other creed, color, gender, age, societal status, governmental dictates, and especially political party affiliations, it is very possible we will all slip into 
altogether new, more horrific chains, maybe even digital ones, in the near future. And in fact, if you want an example of how bad things could get here soon, if we don't all individually start remembering and publicly advocating for the importance of civil liberties, just check out episode 22 of The Independent Riot, where we interviewed journalist Jeff Kane about what is already occurring in China. Luckily, though, today's guest is a man who has dedicated his life to fighting for those constitutional principles of freedom of speech, press, privacy, the right to assemble, and others, and he has a lot to say about their importance as well as the dangers we currently face in modern America if we do not quickly remember the essential uh, importance and absolute necessity of all of us fighting for civil liberties. John Whitehead is an esteemed civil and uh, liberties and human rights attorney. In his lengthy and impressive professional history, Whitehead has filed numerous amicus briefs before the U.S. Supreme Court, has been co-counsel in several landmark Supreme Court cases, and continues to champion the freedom enshrined in the Bill of Rights in and out of the courts. In 1982, he founded the Rutherford Institute, a nonprofit civil liberties and human rights organization located in Charlottesville, Virginia, which is deeply committed committed to protecting the constitutional freedoms of every American and the integral human rights of all people. It has emerged as a prominent leader in the national dialogue on civil liberties and human rights and is a formidable champion of the Constitution. John Whitehead's law review Articles have even been published in Emory Law Journal, Pepperdine Law Review, Harvard Journal on Legislation, Washington and Lee's Law Review, Cumberland's Law Review, the Tulsa Law Journal, and the Temple University Civil Rights Law Review. He is also a member of various groups that seek nonpartisan consensus solutions two difficult legal and constitutional issues through scholarship, activism, and public education efforts. And John is a frequent commentator on a variety of legal and cultural issues in the national media. And he even writes a weekly opinion column, which is distributed nationwide. He's authored more than 30 books on various legal and social issues, and his most recent books include the best-selling Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and the award-winning A Government of Wolves, The Emerging American Police State. And I can't tell you how grateful I am that John was able to take a little bit of time to drop by and talk to us some about his work and the importance of civil liberties, as well as give us some fascinating and kind of scary takes at times on where he thinks things are headed unless we all wake back up. 
So sit back, listen to the short interview with John, and then definitely check out his books and his YouTube channel, all of which is going to be linked in the show notes um, because his books are fantastic. And his YouTube channel, though, gives a lot of insight on a thing that I find fascinating, which is the way that technological changes are uh, threatening more and more our individual freedom. So check out all of his work, listen to what he has to say. But then most importantly, if you've got any um, issues, concerns, you need help protecting or learning about your inalienable rights of civil liberties that no government can take away from you, go to Rutherford.org, which is the website for the Rutherford Institute, and they will either uh, help you directly themselves with legal counsel, or they will be able to get you in touch with someone that can. And um, before we get to the interview, if you do like things like this about thinking for yourself and trying to be an individual and find truth, please subscribe to this show so you'll be alerted to every episode that we have coming out. We've got a fantastic episode and coming out in about a week or so. Uh, the second part of my interview with Robert Guffey, who is uh, an author and journalist uh, that has got a book that is pretty critical of QAnon that is coming out, which I definitely um, want to promote because I think he's got some good points on that. And so you need to hear what he has to say next week. But um, listen to this uh, show with John. And if you can leave us a five star review. And now without further ado, the passionate, the principal John Whitehead. You have been both a uh, military officer and then became a uh, an attorney specializing in um, protecting people's civil liberties and human rights. And yeah. you've done that for um, over 40 years, 40 to 50 years. And yeah. so you've got a wealth of experience, real world experience in the aspect of uh, fighting to protect constitutional rights for people. Then you've also recently uh, written, uh, you've written several books, but a couple of them that really stuck out to me were Government of Wolves. And then in 2015, you followed that up with American or uh, Battlefield America, the war uh, against the American people that uh, I'll just start with a quote from that and uh, to the audience reminding them this was written back in 2015. You wrote the U.S. government has become a hyper militarized, twitchy, easily offended, suspicious, locked down, paranoid, all seen bureaucracy. So first question, uh, have things gotten better or worse? <laughs> oh, no, they've gotten much worse and they're going to continue to get worse, in my opinion. Um, yes. Uh, we're dealing with a very paranoid government. And uh, again, I've been dealing with this for over 40 years. I've suited it out of Washington, D.C., which is one of the most corrupt place I've ever been. I mean, and people that work with me in and out of D.C. know that, the so-called deep state. Um, but as a constitutional lawyer, uh, I was uh, 
Paul Jones came to me and asked for help when uh, she claimed that Bill Clinton molested her in a hotel room at Little Rock. And I got into that lawsuit and uh, the Clintons backed down when they found out that we had a number of women lined up, some even claiming rape by Clinton and they wow. settled on a court for a million dollars. And, but what was amazing during that time is the national organization of women and a lot of these uh, sort of left leaning women's groups came out and attacked me and all that. I was going, Hey, I'm, I'm not defending Clinton, a man, I'm defending a woman, but very political, you know, and that's one thing that's destroying the American mind is politics being yep. political. They want you to be political left or right. That's when people ask me, which way are you a left winger or a right winger? And I go, and people say, well, you're automatically conservative if you're not a left winger. And I go, not really. Uh, I'm a civil libertarian. I believe yep. in the Constitution. I believe that's what we need to protect in this country. Without it, we have nothing. And um, the Constitution, uh, as I've shown in my books, Battlefield America, War on American People, has been basically flushed away. And I have a new novel that just came out, The Eric Blair Diaries, which talks mm. about the future. And where it's headed, and the future is basically where I put it there for a novel, which is uh, we're going to be we're controlled by a very strong government that works with corporations and things like that. And um, a number of uh, early people on early 20th century wrote about the, they were fearing what was happening to the government. Franklin Roosevelt said, we're, ever since the days of Andrew Jackson, we've been run by private businesses. There was a detailed study done by Princeton University with Northwestern University on laws passed in Washington, D.C. and policies over a 20-year period. The professors came to a conclusion that we're run by an oligarchic elite of 585 billionaires, the so-called deep state or the invisible government. And it does exist, by the way. I've seen it, like I said. Uh, I've had congressmen sit down, former NSA agents talking and say, it's worse than you think, man. Yeah. And uh, when you have the elite government uh, we have today, they have all over the country un underground bunkers where they're going to escape. If you have never heard of Mount Weather, the Washington Post actually did an article on it years ago exposing the fact that they have an underground thing right outside of Washington, D.C., where it even has its own office of the presidency, where all the elite escape if they get afraid of something. Yeah. So uh, they're not doing that for us. They see us basically as animals, the things to be ruled, databases now. And with the fusion of the corporate state, the corporations with the, the uh, government, we have the corporate state, which is basically uh, they're there for control, money, and things like that. Very similar to that movie that John Carpenter came out with many, many years ago called They Live. Uh, we're ruled by an invisible mm -hmm. government that we, we just don't see, but most people can't see it. And that's the big issue that I see. And it's a book about Battlefield America. That's what I write about. And... Um, I went in, actually, in that book, I have a chapter called They Hired Hitler. And what that chapter is about was Hitler came into power in Nazi Germany, and we're, we're, we're moving in Nazi Germany's direction, no doubt about it, in my opinion. Um, uh, they had a big meeting of all the corporations. The press was there, and the leader of the press, uh, the corporate, corporations walked out, and the press said, what did you, um, what conclusion did you come to? He just said one sentence, we just hired Hitler. And walk wow. Oh. So they need a face, okay? And they need a face. Uh, the President of the United States is like the Wizard of Oz. Pull back the curtain, and he's, they're not running the government. They don't do that. They, don't, they can't do that. It's, it's over 500 federal agencies across the country with all these billionaires 
Uh, people like Bill Gates, you know, donate to China. They're building a global state is what yeah. they're doing. And that's where we're moving. And one thing they don't want is the Constitution to be known by people. They're blocking it in public schools. Kids are not learning it anymore. It's a, it's a really scary situation. So you asked me to summarize. Uh, I've done a lot. We've, I've worked on a lot of cases across the country. The Rutherford Institute, that's what we do. We If we, we get involved in a case, we we fund it and move forward with it. Because most people can't afford the lawyers today. They're so yep. darn expensive in my days. And um, we work with every group out there, from left to right, ACLU to whatever, if the issue is one dealing with the Constitution. And uh, again, like I say, I talk to so-called lawyers that handle constitutional cases. They can't tell me the five freedoms of the First Amendment. Wow. Uh, they were in schools today. They don't read the Declaration of Independence. Uh, and people say, why don't they read the Declaration of Independence? Why do they read, need to read it anyway? Read the preamble to the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. It says the government's not doing its job or kick their butts out. And they don't want kids learning that today. They want kids very obedient, sucked into their screen devices, and that's their life. There is so much to potentially get into uh, on that, both from the the macro side of it, of of the um, why it is the way it is in a big picture sense, but then also more the micro uh, side of it, of the individual stories potentially about uh, individuals that you have defended um, against government overreach. And then also there's an aspect of it that you you mentioned, which I think is hugely important. So I'd like to kind of start touching on that just to uh, hit home for the audience. Okay. As you said at the beginning, this isn't a right versus left um, thing. It's not a Republican versus Democrat. You have at the Rutherford Institute and you individually have defended people across uh, across the political spectrum. What yeah. you're talking about is government and versus people as far as keeping the government functioning in the correct limitations that it's supposed to have to protect American uh, citizenry. So, um, there, there's a lot of ways we could go with that, but just to ask, could you give kind of a quick uh, summary of the way the Constitution is supposed to work and individual liberty is supposed to work, especially in regards to the First Amendment and Fourth Amendment, like how that's changed over time? Where would the average person not get that those like are actually deteriorating? Uh, the... Bill of Rights, very important. But the key here is, if you read the Constitution, what are the first words of the Constitution? We, the people of the United States, do ordain this Constitution. So who's the government? We, the people. People miss that. The so-called people in Washington, D.C. are our representatives. They're supposed to be representing we, the people. and But they don't do that. That's just a big lie. And... Uh, so I'm trying to get people to wake up and say, you're the government. Don't be complaining to me about what you're saying. Do something about it. You can't just sit and watch TV, CNN, stuff like that. Because as uh, uh, Carl Bernstein, who worked with uh, Woodward in exposing Nixon, the big journalist, he wrote an article in, in the late 1970s where he said he started working with uh, major networks and the major uh, newspapers and found out that many of them, the CIA, was abetting the articles and writing them. And telling them what to say on TV. So 
be very, very careful. What did James Madison say? He wrote the Bill of Rights. We ought to mistrust all those in power. And why? <laughs> Folks, wake up. Look at history, man. Uh, what, what's been happening in this country now, what Hitler did, Stalin, you go down the list, Mao and all those people in the past, what they're doing in places like China now, arresting people off the streets. They're saying the wrong word on social media. And you could talk about the First Amendment, why it's so darn important. Just think about this. We're in a cancel culture now. Uh, Facebook, programs like that, Twitter. If you say the wrong word now, I mean, people like Ron Paul have been removed, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., just, just for saying or talking about a certain person or saying a certain word, the cancel culture, it eradicates the First Amendment. The First Amendment gives us the right to free speech, the right to petition against the government for our redress of grievances, to assemble, uh, and those things. We don't, they don't want you to know that. I mean, why is free speech so important, people ask me? Critical thinking. What is critical thinking? Critical thinking is the person who has, when you ask him a question, if it sounds kind of stupid, doesn't go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. He asks, how did you come to that position? Or are you sure that's correct? And you argue, and you have sympathy for the other person, and you treat them right. You don't cancel them, but you listen to what they have to say. We want to hear all viewpoints. But today in the media, you don't hear that. I mean, if they want to push a program, whether it's a pandemic, uh, mandates or whatever today, it's all in the media. So they don't want people critically thinking. What they want, and they built it extremely well, is thought prisons. And we're locked in them. And they know that. Uh, with uh, Zuckerberg coming forward now and saying that Facebook's going to be called meta soon. In other words, creating artificial environments, holograms and stuff around us. Kids today who are glued to their, their phones are going to be lost. They're going to become like robots. And with the Another thing that's important, and most people are not listening, Google says by 2030, the uh, artificial intelligence is going to fuse with the uh, human mind through the internet and the metaverse and all those things. And we're going to go away, folks. We're going to become robots. And yeah. that's where it's headed. It's not a good-looking future, very much like the Matrix and things like that. And what I'm telling people is take the red pill, folks. Yep. Yeah. And wake up. Not the blue pill and go to sleep and just let it go ahead. But most people take the blue pill. How do you take the blue pill? The average American watches 150 hours of television a month and screen devices. You got to be kidding me. I don't watch uh, mainstream TV. Do not watch it at yeah. all. I don't watch any of the news items. And people say, well, how are you so, how are you so well informed? I read. I study history. I read books. Uh, Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bar Bradbury, very, very clearly said he thought they were going to be burning books. That was back in the 50s. Yeah. And, and what he was saying is they're going to cancel out anything that gives you knowledge of the past. That's why you see monuments disappearing. Orwell said it best. He who controls the, the past controls the future. He who controls the future controls the present. So they don't want you knowing anything about the past that might be a little irritating or whatever. They just want you to go to sleep, be passive, and watch your screen devices so they can control you. And with the way that synthetics are being developed I mean, in China, some, uh, the newscasts are given by synthetics now, many of them. These are robots that look like people. Uh, it's, they're going to have them here soon. They're going to start testing them. Um, wake up, ladies and gentlemen, before you're totally sucked away and our humanity is totally lost. And that's why you say the First Amendment is so darn important. It's 
It's a wake-up call. It says you have these rights. Uh, do we want to go back to 1776 and get shot down because we say the wrong word? Do we want to have people rushing into our homes? Well, Fourth Amendment, you mentioned that. Uh, there are 80,000 SWAT team raids annually in this country where the cops are bashing through doors in the middle of annually. Do you hear that much on the news? I asked no. the yeah. no, we hear it. They're shooting up to 500 dogs a day. They shoot the dogs first. Uh, wow. Flashbang grenades. I mean, we've been involved in many of those issues. And uh, like I said, I tell people that they look at me like, oh, gee, where'd that come from? <laughs> you don't hear it until it happens to you. You say the wrong word. Red flag gun laws in some states, people have been shot through the windows by the police because they're activists in their beds. Do you hear much about that news, folks? No, they don't report that stuff. Uh, listen, uh, they want to control your mind. You're doing a good job. But the Fourth Amendment says the government is not supposed to be doing surveillance or any of your home unless they have real clear evidence you're doing something illegal. Is it illegal to own a fire? No, the Second Amendment says you have that right. Why are people getting shot through the windows? You know, and that's because they have they've given the police total power, qualified immunity. They can do anything they want to do today. We've had cases where they've arrested people, torn them from their homes, and all that. We sue and file and go into the federal courts. The courts rule the police have qualified immunity. You know, we got to protect them and all that. You're kidding me. The Constitution applies to everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Especially government agents. That's what it applies to. And so we, the people, I'm saying, you better wake up soon. And you want to hear some of the cases we've been involved in, uh, controversial cases. Uh, one was with a former Marine, 26-year-old Marine named Brandon Robb. Uh, it was still out there, by the way. He uh, was doing, uh, during the Obama administration, he's a former Marine. He took weapons away from the enemy, uh, diffused mines and stuff. He comes back to America, has his own little home business, jockeying one morning. He got hot. He came home and started working in his home. He hears noise outside. Police are pulling up. Uh, and there's SWAT teams and, and the dudes in black, you know, the men in black are rushing toward his home. The FBI agents, Department of Homeland Security. He asked them why they're there. He said, we've been reading your Facebook post. He'd been, he'd been, he had been attacking Obama, basically. Obama should be gotten rid of. Uh, committed, he should be uh, uh, charged with treason, thrown out of office. And, uh, you know, he was getting really hyper on the Internet. Yeah. And um, they pulled him from his home, slammed him against the wall. He stepped out. He didn't own a weapon, by the way. This is the key. Uh, and they couldn't enter his home. They, they were smart enough to know that because he didn't own a weapon. They pulled him outside of his home, put the handcuffs behind his back. He didn't have his shirt on. They slammed him against the fence and ripped it back off, took him to the police station where he was bleeding. He asked for a bandage. They, they stuck a prison shirt on him. He said it hurt like mad. He had a five-minute investigation with a psychiatrist in a, a jail cell. The psychiatrist said because he was a 9-11 proofer, he was mentally ill, basically. Yeah. And he is. And uh, he had another hearing, short hearing. And they put him in a mental hospital. He was gone forever. Uh, his mother called me crying. No, no organization would take the case. I said, I'll take the case. We took the case and we got him in a, within a week. We filed a, with a judge who said he shouldn't. He looked at the facts. The judge said, this man shouldn't be in prison or in a psych ward. They released him. But here's the thing. I did not know this myself. These are called civil commitments. 1.5 million hmm. happen in America every year annually. One point. I was blown away. I had a reporter from Los Angeles call me. And she says, John, 80,000 alone 
annually in Los Angeles area and county. She says, it's scary. So people don't know these things are happening. You can get a jerk from your home for criticizing the government. What um, does what a civil commitment mean? So that's basically they're taking somebody, putting them under arrest without due process is what that. Yeah. You know, they, wow. they're so called due process is a visit from a psychiatrist, a short hearing, and in the they go, psych boards they go and they stay there. They're drugged and all that. I mean, Brandon called me the day before he got out and said, John, and he was on the phone and the psychiatrist was on the phone too, listening to everything he was doing. And he said, uh, they're trying to force meds on me. I'm refusing to take them. And I said, good for you. And wow. I said, you have to have a court order in Virginia where he was at to have forced meds. And uh, they didn't have that. And I, I said, tell that psychiatrist you're dealing with, he's in trouble. If he does gets near this, we'll sue him. And the next day we, we got him out with a court order. But they put med, all these people on the pharmaceutical meds. And who runs the world basically today? Listen, folks, with the pharma the vaccines and all the drugs you're seeing, the pharmaceutical people are running everything in many, many ways. So we're in a really, really scary kind of psychiatric state where thought prisons are built for us. And uh, unfortunately, many people run and jump into those thought prisons and go, okay. And I, yeah, I got my, my device. I'm okay. Yeah. And part of my uh, belief of what's going wrong is the fact that uh, people think it is uh, sufficient to pick a Republican or Democratic side in this, and then they've done their part. But that division, again, is uh, just uh, to kind of hit home what you were saying in one part is that this is uh, beyond uh, right versus left, uh, red versus blue. And I just wanted to touch on a, on a point that like, and you do this very well in some of your articles and some of the things that I've, I've heard you, uh, speak on before of referencing back to, um, like the sixties, for instance, that the civil rights and freedom of speech issues you're talking about at one time were an issue for the left because they were feeling the the brunt force against that. And yeah. so this is the principle as you're talking about. Again, I just like to hit home on this because in case people see two white guys talking, they think like, <laughs> oh, I know what this is about. What you're talking about is our principles that supersede our political divisions. And oh, yeah. if we allow those to be uh, torn into the political divisions, basically the entire country is going to go to hell for all people, for people on the right, the left, everyone, because the institutions can't hold the op the government can't operate the, the way it's supposed to, to protect we, the people, unless everyone wakes up and realizes why you've got to defend these principles for everyone. Yes. And, uh, that's why, uh, Again, read the Bill of Rights at the Rutherford Institute. If you go to our website at rutherford.org, we'll send you a, we got a little pocket co copy of the Bill of Rights you can put in your billfold. And some people have used it, by the way, <laughs> with police, and it's worked. They've read the First Amendment to a policeman who two policemen asked the guy why he was on the street before picketing. He called me and said, your card works. He said, I read on the First Amendment. And he said, they went, oh, <laughs> free speech, eh? He got in the car and drove off. And he said, it works, but see, it does work if you use it effectively. Another thing is the 10th Amendment, which says that 
local governments can nullify acts of the federal government. What does that mean? Where's the power in America? And people don't realize it isn't in Washington, D.C. by those 585 billionaires, the deep state. It's in your local communities. Take over your local communities and start saying, we're not going to do the SWAT team raids. I'm sorry here, unless it's an exigent circumstance. We're going to stop all that. And, you know, your lockdowns and all the things you're mandating for Washington, D.C., we're going to we're just flipping the bird to, you, you know, uh, we're going to fight this in the courts if we need to. If you had a, a 200 American cities across the country saying that you'd have the federal government backing off going, how do we how do we deal with this now? How do we deal with this now? And they'd have a tough time. That's why you have the 10th Amendment. Local yep. governments govern best. Why? Because they can help the people. You have a right. Listen, what say do you have in Washington, D.C.? I ask most people. A vote? You're kidding me. You're, you're voting for two guys that the corporate state puts in front of you and says, here. Now, wait a second, folks. I go to the drugstore. I have a cold. I have 20 choices. I want to vote for the president of the United States. I got to pick that da or that do. Uh, which one? You know? And that's basically what it comes down to. And we... We don't have thinkers, you know, anymore in our government. People who, who are willing to look back at the other government and say, hey, folks, I agree with you. I'm the president of the United States. What some of the policies Congress is passing, I'm going to fight them to the hilt, blah, blah, blah. We're going to make sure all this, we're going to back off some of this stuff. Uh, I'm going to start uh, making sure that you people get a hearing here at least in some way. But then again, it still won't work. Why? Because, again, the people who wrote the Constitution realized that only local governments work good. Okay. Washington, D.C. Listen, when you have a group called the Federal Reserve that was set up in secret in 1910 that handle, controls all of our money, who are they and what are they doing with it? They set the standards for inflation and all this and that. It's not the government. <laughs> We're run by a corporate group that wants one thing, our money. And then they know how to control us through the media. The media is the way they control people today. And yeah. people fall in line again take the red pill folks what so now uh, yeah i do want to ask like more on that macro picture and uh you know more into getting your thoughts on the the um your suspicions to this this is a question i've asked several people that <coughs> i've interviewed recently so is what we're seeing right now in your opinion orchestrated by that group of individuals, like with a predetermined goal in mind, or is this, uh, which I tend to sort of lean towards, but they might be the same thing actually, but, um, that the, the lack of interest of, uh, civic virtue, the lack of interest in history, the lack of the average person's understanding of the constitution is feeding into this sort of uh, breaking apart of the way things are supposed to work. Is that what's going on or is it an orchestrated top-down thing you think? Well, I, I think it's orchestrated top-down. Yeah. That's uh, okay. Divide and conquer. Uh, it's just like you mentioned two white guys. I always, I always say, listen, if you study the human race, it's the human race. Yeah. They, they focus on brown skin, this skin, but we all have two legs, gentle ears, no, yep. it's not. We're the same folks, you know? So why is all this focus on that? It's because that's the way it's, it's been that from the beginning of time. They use that. And uh, 
They want to divide us. And one way to divide you is get you screaming at one another. And that's why, you know, the like I say, critical thinking, teach it in the schools where you don't need to yell at somebody, but you can question them and say, where'd you come up with that idea? Oh, by the way, what are the facts behind that idea? I want to hear what you've got factually, yep. you know? And the person says, oh, maybe I don't have the facts. Well, then let's discuss it further. And uh, I've had public schools, which are dealing with shutting kids down, all this, and now saying certain words. I say, hey, hold debates. Put the five kids on one side, five on let them argue it out, teach them how to do it politely, and you start b- building critical thinking. But they don't want that. And so with the global state that we're moving into right now, we are definitely moving into a global state uh, because the NSA. People don't realize the NSA has – uh, bases all over the world. They work with 17 c- countries annually. They, they've established, this includes China, Russia, and everybody, basically, uh, a, a global, basically, metaverse. They're, they're creating it. Yeah. Um, I've had people say, well, I'm going I'm to escape to the woods and all that. I say, well, yeah, you can. If you, have, if you have electricity <laughs> and you have a laptop or a cell phone, you're escaping nowhere. And they have the drones today, which are, from two miles up can read your face. They know where you're at. And they can listen to what you're saying. And the FBI has admitted they can tap into your phone when it's off and turn it into a microphone. Your laptop becomes the camera whenever you got it up. So, uh, again, I would listen, get educated. Education precedes action. My books are definitely a good place to start. And, uh, you know, see, see what's really going on in this world. Now, all these things I say to you right now, your audience should already know that. Yeah. Why am I telling them that? Uh, all it takes is, Turn the damn screen devices off. Get on the, you know, get, get, start reading, so reading some darn good books. Right? There are a lot of good books out there on these issues. Uh, get educated. Go to websites like ours and get educated. And get in your local governments and say, we're not going to do this anymore, folks. We're fighting back against what we're seeing. And, uh, you know, and again, we ought to mistrust all those in power. If you trust anybody in government, you're a silly person. I'm just saying, especially if they're, in Washington, D.C., do not do that, folks. Like I say, I've sued in Washington, D.C. for 40 years, and even the people there tell me it's all a big fake, you know. Yeah. I had one speaker. I was walking along with him after I helped him with a, an issue he had, a legal issue. He said, John, if people say hello to you in the morning in Washington, D.C., it's for a political reason. <laughs> so he, said, he said it's nothing else. The people, again, there was another study that was done, and this is an important study out of SMU in 2018. It studied basically where psychopaths congregate and the philosophy of psychopathology congregates uh, in, the, in this country. Washington, D.C. is where they finally arrived and said basically wow. the, 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 the most horrific psychopaths congregate in Washington, D.C. And psychopaths can be dynamic. People can love them, you know. They're speaking. They can dance, do all kinds of things. But they have one thing in control, pushing themselves, they have huge egos, and they will kill you in two seconds if they have to. You know, the United States drops a bomb every, you know, over 100,000 bombs in the Middle East every year. How many people know that? I mean, and who's yeah. that benefit? Military industrial complex or the corporate state. Yeah. And we're killing women and children. I'm against murder, you say. Okay, well, maybe you should start picking against uh, uh, all those bombs dropping over there, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, I don't want to go past the the time you had allowed allotted. I know um, you're a busy guy, so uh, I'll kind of try to uh, move towards wrapping it up. 
we uh, we could probably go on for quite a while though uh, with your insight, and uh, I would love to have you back on sometime when you've good. got more time to to go into even more specifics about some of the cases you fought and and yeah. the way that people can reframe their thinking on this issue and get out of that red versus blue mindset and yeah. focus on the Constitution being supreme overall. And again, it's it's not a right versus left thing. It's it's literally the way the only way we survive is we the people. Yeah. And uh, what I say is, like, if you don't see it now that it's not a this versus them now, we're, we're against the government that, I mean, if it, it, we don't get some control over it. I mean, we're moving into a, you know, a state of total fear. And, and the Nazis said it best. Uh, at Nuremberg, where they were, they were being questioned, fear is the way you control people. And, you know, Hitler referred to the people as the sleepwalking masses. Wow. Yeah. We're, we're, we're so close to, like, yeah. a, sometimes I get, because uh, I go back and forth since I really am anti-Republican and Democrat, like on the sense of, of participating in what's going on right now. But I go back and forth on my... Uh, fear of, is it going to be on the left, a technocratic, complete oligarchic uh, authoritarian government that we have in a few years, or is a backlash to that going to give rise to an actual populist uh, dictator, like a uh, somebody like a Mussolini that comes in riding the way, but then you're just jumping out of the well, the way AI pin. is going, and Elon Musk has sounded the alarm. He said, we're moving toward an AI dictator. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, oh, wow. yeah. already said, if you have a human dictator, that human dictator sooner or later will go away or die some way. But the AI dictator will be here forever. It will be tyrannical. Yeah. And that's what we're facing right now. We're moving into the AI universe and it's going to get really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything um, to I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, your books and the Rutherford Institute dot org where um Strongly encourage anyone that is has got legal issues, uh, civil rights issues, uh, or human rights to check out your website because you are one of the people out there fighting the good fight of defending that for decades now and can at least, if not help them directly, probably steer them to more resources. Is there yeah. anything else you would like to uh, go to our uh, website? We have it all there, folks. You read okay. our weekly commentaries. The books are footnoted. I'm not a conspiracy. I, Heavily footnote everything, you know, and uh, education precedes action. And we, the people, are the government. Let's, let's kick some butt, folks. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much, John. Thanks for listening to the Independent Riot Podcast. Your home for free thinkers, independent believers, and radicals questioning the status quo. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please do us a huge favor and leave a quick positive review on whatever platform you're using. It's free to you and super easy to leave us a good ranking and really help spread the word about the podcast to other independent thinking folks. Thanks for listening. And please go ahead and subscribe so we can be sure to see you next time.